This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're diving into the 12 steps to financial independence. Oh my God, I got to do another 12 steps? Today, we're joined by a man who hasn't walked 12 steps from his recliner since he retired... From LenPenzo.com, it's Grandpa Simpson. That's <laughs> just his older uncle, Len Penzo. Then, the man children generally take at least 12 steps from when they see him coming. It's OG. And then, the woman running at least 12 steps away from financial independence, Paulette Perhatch. But that's not all. I'll also take you step-by-step step through my trivia question. And now, a guy who's with you every step of the way as you stack your Benjamins, it's Joe Saul Sihai. Hey there, stackers, and happy Friday to you. I am Joe Saul Sihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and welcome to the weekend. Super happy that you can kick it off with some fun financial chat. We're going to dive into, as Doug said, the 12-step program for your financial financial independence. And uh, let's say hi to that guy, the golden voice that introduced us, the man who's as charming as the sweaty-handed greeter during hug time at church. You know how much we love that guy, Mr. Neighbor Doug. That was all for me? <laughs> that was... <laughs> Wow. All of us were wondering, okay, you're about to rip somebody. I was waiting for it to be OG. <laughs> oh, I knew. Len. I knew exactly who you were going for. Damn. Aren't you? Aren't you? You're the guy that hugs just a little too long during the hug time at I'm church. A giver. I'm a Yeah. I like the hugs. And the guy across the card table from me, Mr. OG, still repairing walls at your house, my friend? Nope. All done. It's all done. That's good. Is the uh, repairing cars? That's what I was going to say. What's the sentence here? Does the offending party have like a dishwash duty for the month, or what's the what happened? We haven't decided yet. We're still working on kind of putting together all of the total bill and then asking him what he thinks he should do. Oh, that's a good place to it's start. It's a lot easier to sentence the offender when they decide their own fate. That is a great place to start. I love starting that way. For people that don't know what's going on, one of OG's prodigies uh, drove the car through the the side of his garage into his house just to see if he could make a hole there. It turns out he could. So that was a good time. 
And the woman who's as irreverent as a vegan in a fast food drive-thru, Paulette Perhatch is here. Can you be a vegan in the fast food? I think I'm as irreverent as a, a meat eater at a vegan restaurant. That would be my preference. I think you do either one. You'll swap that around. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. Just uh, writing lots of stories. About to take a big adventure down to Baja, Mexico. Pretty excited. Oh, show it. There's a flex right there. I'm just going to Mexico. No big deal. We'll see if I survive. I mean, yeah, that's the biggest flex is going to be surviving. Fun. <laughs> it's a 3,000 mile rally in the desert. So I hope I make it. What could possibly go wrong? And last on this panel today from lenpenzo.com, uh, Len, what's on the honeybees to do list that you're avoiding by being here? That's my question. Well, I don't know about the honeybees list, but I've got dinner reservations at Benny Han. It's my birthday today, and I, I've got to make sure I cash in that $35 coupon because it, it expires. So, Because you're 35 years old today? That's I am 35 years old. And happy birthday mm-hmm. to you a day, a belated day late for you. Well, th- there, thank Joe. you, sir. Happy thank birthday, you. Joe. Yes, we got birthday time for Len and me. I totally, I didn't even think Are about you guys, that. Were you guys born in the same year? No. No. Len is, <laughs> Len is way older than me. I'm the year of the dragon. I see. I don't know what year I, but what, what is. narrows it down. What is. <laughs> Quick, look it up, Joe. Look it up. I, don't they <laughs> rotate it? Isn't it all? They isn't do. like, isn't there like a. I could. There is. Yeah, they don't just make up new animals for the last 17,000 years. <laughs> yeah, we're in the year of the hedgehog. They've run, they're right. starting to run out of animals now. Yeah, there's like nine of them they rotate through. I know what mine is, and I bet all of you can guess pretty quickly. The monkey. The, the rat? Yep. I'm Dodo the rat. bird. Paulette got it right off the bat. <laughs> like Look at how proud she is. She's all... <laughs> Called that one. I'm going to look mine up. Hold on a good second, guys. I'm going to look mine up while you guys listen to this. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I could have looked it up. I did not. We've got OG, Paulette, Len, Doug. Let's talk 12 steps to better financial fitness.
This piece comes to us from uh, the Financial Tortoise. Financial Tortoise line, has that one been around? Has this, has this blog been around a while? I feel like we've done stuff by Financial Tortoise before. Uh, you know what? I'm not aware of this one, actually. Yeah. And by the way, is, is a tortoise is tortoise one of those animals, the uh, Chinese animals? I don't think it is. Is there a year of the, the tortoise? The year of the tortoise. I've had those years. I if don't know. My if my math is correct, this is a very important birthday then. It's the last one for you before another big one. <laughs> it's the, it's the, holy oh, crap. It's God. Jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Is, is that right? <laughs> it's the a last quick, a quick birthday. Google search kind of narrowed down a few dates, and I was like, wait a second. It's definitely not 1976, that I'm sure of. Are you saying I'm running out of years? I'm just saying that oh, next geez. year... It's got dark in the basement. Well, uh, I don't know. Who was it? Like Chris Rock or somebody said that you have to have a birthday a birthday party every year, you know, one through five. And then the major ones, 10, 13, 16, yes, 18, 21. It'll be a major one. And then decades from that point forward. Yes, it will be a major one. Until 90, and then you have a birthday party. Every year. So, so you're going to have a birthday party next year, according to Chris Rock. That is insane. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Hey, let's talk about this piece. Let's talk about your I was just hung up on the fact that Len is so old. I just... Financialtortoise.com. Yeah, I, st- I still look good. I still look you good, do. OG. Oh, my good. Do. do you guys mind if we talk about uh, this, this thing Paulette's here? Paulette's not nodding her head. Paulette <laughs> is not nodding her head to that. I'm sure Honeybee is very excited to look up to a beautiful face every morning. On. That's enough, Paulette. Thank you. <laughs> All right. He's got uh, 12 steps to financial freedom. I think we want to walk through these. He presents this list as if they're in order, right? So I want to talk as we go through the order. But let's start with number one, number one place to start. And I always wonder where we should tell OG people to start, right? Where should you begin? He starts with build career capital. He says, and we talk about personal finance and growing our net worth. It's important to talk about budgeting, investing, but the key part to start all that begins with income. If you have low income, really hard to jumpstart anything else. You agree with that's the place to start, build the career? Mm. Well, having read through these, I think I'd rather have them in a different order, but I don't want to kind of, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. want to give it away. But is this near the top for you? Let's put it that way. We can talk about where the rest are. We spend a lot of time talking about all the different ways that you can save money. We don't spend a lot of time talking about all the ways that you can increase money. And you can only cut your, your expenses to a certain amount. You can't cut them all the way to zero, but you can have unlimited income. So if you're not thinking about like, how do I kind of take those next steps? How do I take some more progression in my career or bigger steps to bigger earnings? I think you're missing out on some significant opportunity to make this whole thing a lot easier. Paulette, you and I have kind of talked around this issue, not directly at it, but it feels to me like at some point you had this like, aha, and went, you know what? I need to just increase income before anything else, and that'll make things better. Well, I think I feel like that's the thing I have the most control over. The other stuff is so hard for me with like limiting my spending and like Can't not, do that. you know, I know, like, well, I seem to not be able to. It sounds terrible when you say it out loud, but something I really struggle with. So I feel like the thing that is more in my control is becoming a better businesswoman and bringing more value to the world and making more. Len, was that the key for you as well? You know, I was focused. I, I was one of those people. I was 12 years old, and I think I knew what I wanted to do in life. So I'm probably not the right person to, to talk about this. I mean, I was just – it's I'm not 
I don't think many people are in the same boat that I am. No, but still, so, would you would you tell people though to build career capital is the first stage? Get your career rolling. Would this be number one for you? Okay, let me use my son as an example because he he built his career capital not in one area, and it really worked out great for him. He didn't know what he wanted to be, and that's okay. But he did get his feet wet and tried a lot of different things. Uh, he's going to be 26 here very soon. But from the time he was like 17 to a few years ago, he was uh, wanted to be like an artist. Then he, and he was playing around with that. And then he, was, he learned how to be a mechanic. He loved cars. Um, he tried to start his own car washing business. But then he became a mechanic. He worked for different mechanics, and he got a, a lot of – uh, experience as a mechanic. Then he got into internet technology and servers and writing code. Eventually, he got a good job doing that, working in in the IT industry now. But he still has those background roles as a mechanic, and um, he can do other things as well. And and that to me is building capital, even though he wasn't really making a lot of money as the mechanic. Although mechanics do make a lot of money, I will say that once they own their own business. But he does have a lot of capital. And I, I guess the point is, it's just important to learn as many things as you can, and you will find what you like over time. And all of that stuff pays off, even if you don't make it your full career. Everything you you are learning in your younger years, I mean, it's it's really well worth it. And there's things you can fall back on. It, it, the more you can learn and master, the better off you will be. It's wild how many jobs that you would think would have nothing to do with career success, Len, actually, to your point, end up lending you career success. Like I think about some of the crappy jobs I've had and what I really learned from them. Paulette, you have any jobs that you've had in the past that really, you know, if you tell people what the job is, they'll go, yeah, you won't learn anything from that. But it really helped you. Uh, or gave you big bathrooms aha? at a skating rink. Really? What was the aha? Yeah. Just don't want to do that? Aha, uh-huh, this is <laughs> terrible. Sorry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that is true. I mean, it's funny when I was working as a first year financial planner, we were calling people, you know, I mean, it was a sales organization, right? So we were doing cold calling and I remember people mm-hmm. complaining and the guy sitting next to me is really good. He's like, Oh, you could be outside pouring concrete in 95 degree heat. You could be doing, Oh, people are hanging up on you in the phone. I feel so bad. Like he was seriously going, yeah, yeah. It could be worse. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that there was, I think in a lot of jobs, you learn the way not to do it, the way you see things are managed and people that you, you know, just don't like the way that they manage you or, or lead. And so you kind of get that negative space of, okay, I know I want to be like this when I am the manager. Number two on this list is mastering your budgeting. He says, figure out how you're going to make money and then lend number two, lock down your budget. You like that as a one-two punch? Or should you really master your budgeting first so that when you start making money that you're not going to go hog wild spending? Yeah, I think mastering budgeting is, I think that's very important. You've got to learn how to manage manage your income and your outgo. I mean, because if you if you don't manage it and you don't know what's coming in and you don't know what's going out, I don't care how much money you think you're going to be saving it's kind of hard to save when you don't know what's going on. It's like driving blindfolded. You know, you, you know that the road is right in front of you, but you don't know where those curves are. You don't know where those turns are and there will be mistakes that'll be made or, you know, you'll be wasting. You could be, there's lots of opportunities that you're missing. 
So, yeah, I think mastering mastering is the first thing you really need to do is you've got to come down, figure out how you're going to manage that money. And then once you know how you're managing it, then you can allocate your savings and your investments. OG, you on that train? Yeah, you have to, especially early, you have to have a really good understanding of what you're spending and where because you don't know what to change otherwise. It's almost like, I mean, I like Len's example of driving down the road, but my wife and I have two different scales in our bathroom and they have different numbers on them. And we'll talk about it. We'll say, well, I like the lower one. <laughs> today, I like the white scale. Yesterday, I like the, the clear <laughs> one better, you know, but it's not about the number per se. It's about the tool and being able to kind of track the progress on the tool. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter how much you spend on groceries. It matters that you that you are able to look at it from time to time and say, you know, is that number going up or is it going down? Groceries are what groceries are. Now, once you have that data, you can say, okay, can I substitute something or do I want to or do I want to put my focus somewhere else? I personally ran into a little bit of an issue with this. We have the budget plan for our utilities that are in our neighborhood. So, so the gas and electric is on the same bill. And you can contact the utility company and they just flat bill it because some months are higher in electricity and lower in gas. And it, it's kind of all over the board. So it was just simpler to just have them say, oh, it's this amount per month. Easy, right? And then every so often they increase it or decrease it based on what, what your fluctuation was. Yeah. What we found, uh, or I found this, this uh, past summer, people were talking about their utility bills being a lot higher. Like, oh, there's a lot of inflation going on utility bills. And, you know, and I'm thinking, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't really noticed ours is the same amount every, every, well, it's not. It started increasing. They were increasing it every two months. I wasn't really paying attention to it. But over the course of a year, it almost doubled. And then when I actually looked at the bill, I was still thousands of dollars negative to the utility company. They were okay with it because of the fact that we were, kind of, you know, they're like, well, you'll make it up in the winter time, yeah. you know, on the flat billing. Yeah, they're going to step it up. I was like, holy crap. I had no idea how much we were, you know, we weren't measuring that. We weren't seeing the effects of, of the rising costs there. It was kind of an eye-opening event. Len's, Len's raising his hand. This happened to you too, no, The Honeybee and I were just this weekend, we broke down our, our natural gas bill. No, it was our electricity bill because the bill was going to be so much higher. And we have solar power and everything, but it was so much higher. And we're like, what is going on? Luckily, we could go back and look at our usage and how much we were spending, and we we were able to pinpoint what the problem was. We were actually, you know, we thought the solar was covering things, and we were generating just as much electricity, but our spending, the amount of electricity we were burning, spending was was so much more that it overwhelmed what we were generating. Wow! And that. You know, and if we wouldn't have had all that back data, we wouldn't have known. We'd have no yeah. idea what yeah. was no, the cause. No place of to it. even start from. Yeah, you just need a place to start from. Yeah, but it's looking at this. I like the idea that it's mindfulness. Actually, not just getting the bill or doing the flatline spending, but actually looking at that budget. I know the lie that I lived when I was trying to get my financial house before I was trying to get my financial house in order. I thought the path was just make more money. That was the key. And I'll tell every stacker out there hanging out with us that that is a lie. You will never out earn your horrible money habits. It didn't matter how much money I made. I was always going to spend $20,000 more. I mean, it just, it was, it was going to happen. You have to accept (laughs) it. You have to, at some point, (laughs) lock down that number. So, you know, whether it's a using cube money or YNAB or whatever you want to use, or it's a, the Paula Pant uh, reverse budget where I make sure everything goes to the right place and then I spend the rest. 
And you got to have some way and actually look at it. Number three here is hold cash. As a small business owner, Paul, I don't know if you feel like I do, but I always want to deploy the cash, right? Because I'm like, hey, if I'm holding on to cash, this is wasted. But he says, he's like, you know, bad things are going to happen along the way. And once you have that cash position, now I'm actually much better to tackle things. But how do you remind yourself of that? Uh, Yeah, it's like cash is the oxygen of your business. So I actually just literally last night put a reminder for my um, assistant to set up a weekly transfer over to our business savings. And I do, I find that when I have a hard time remembering to do something, I put it in terms of loss aversion. So don't let your business die is like one good reason to to keep cash, right? But yeah, you know, I have a really hard time with that. So I think keeping it away from you is as important as possible. Yeah, it can feel like, oh, well, I could buy this tool. I could upgrade on MailChimp. There's so many things you could do with it that feel like important business. Equipment, courses, whatever it is, I'll just go spend more Mm -hmm. money and really got to hold on to cash. Thousand percent there. Yeah. Number four on this list, OG, a payoff high interest debt. It's interesting that he's got you. So he's got you starting off with earning more money. And then he's got you locking down your budget, right? And then holding on to some cash and then getting rid of the high interest debt. A lot of people listening are thinking, why would why would I hold on to cash if I've got this high interest debt at, you know, say I got a credit card at 23%. Why would I hold on to cash first? Well, because if you don't have cash, then something goes wrong. You're going to go back to the credit cards to to figure out how to solve the problem. And human nature being what it is, it'll be ultra devastating if you've made some progress and then all of a sudden something goes bad cash flow wise an emergency happens and you don't have the way to cover it so you go back into debt again it seems counterintuitive to say why do i have all this cash or why do i have hopefully not you know months and months and months worth of savings in cash but a few why would i want to do that when i have consumer debt it's because you have to build the foundation first you've made the mistake of having high interest credit card debt don't compound it by not being able to attack it and get out of it in the right way. I like that. Can I bring up one other example? I find it out now that I'm recently retired, but this can apply even when you're younger. If you don't have a decent cash position to handle emergencies, and let's say you're saying, well, I put all my money in my investments. And some of your investments, you know, like last year went down. It was a bad market. You could inadvertently end up locking in some of your losses if you don't have the cash to draw from and you have to go into your your investment accounts, you end up locking in certain losses. It could be that way if you don't have the cash. If you have the cash in an emergency fund, that gives you time to for your investments to recover from any losses that you might have. I want to stick with you, Len, for number five, because you know, when you get to retirement and you're you're trying to lock in your lifestyle, I would think to some degree, so it's predictable. Number five on this list is master your expenses. And the question that I had initially when I read this is, how is this different than your budget, getting your budget in order? And he says, what happens to many people at this stage, once they've gotten so far into this foundation, they start to have some lifestyle creep, right? You're debt free. You only have a few low interest debts. And all of a sudden you go, hey, it's party time. Like how over your career did you stay away from the inevitable lifestyle creep that that ends up uh, really killing a lot of people's financial future? Well, I don't like to spend money. I don't frivolously spend. I mean, we go out and have fun, but I've never been a, you know, I've always been biased towards saving. But if I can see if you are the other direction, you're biased towards spending, 
in your budget, you have a discretionary amount of money for discretionary funds that you invest and a discretionary amount that you spend for fun. And as long as you set that budget, you can stick to it, then I don't see, you know, that shouldn't be a problem if you're biased towards spending rather than saving. Follow the budget, set it, set how much you want to spend for fun stuff, set a budget for how much you want to invest and stick to it. And that should keep the, those guardrails should keep you okay. Paulette, I think uh, we've, I think you've talked about this before. You set up those pockets, don't you? So like, mm-hmm. I'm going to spend it on this, spend it on this. How does that work out? It works well. You guys will. I mean, I keep my emergency fund and my fund in an account where I would be docked if I took it out. And that's the only way that I don't touch it. And I know that that would make it so I would lock in losses. But I think it's just you have to have that like ADHD wall up if you're an overspender and an impulse spender to get it away from you and to have some chill time between you and the ability to spend it. That's why I I was used to recommend a uh, a bank across town that you didn't mm-hmm. have access to. You, you had to drive across town to get at your money, mm-hmm. and that helped. Number six on this list is uh, hold the right insurances. OG, back to you for this one on uh, before the break. What is right insurances? All of them, as many as you could accumulate <laughs> for as much premium as the insurance guy could That's sell you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I mean, insurance is a tool to solve a, uh, an issue or solve an exposure issue if something goes wrong. And we think of insurance like life insurance or car insurance or disability insurance or health insurance or whatever. And really what you're doing is you're saying, I want to pass along the risk of this thing happening to someone else, the financial risk of it to somebody else. In exchange for that, I will pay a little bit now to kind of offset that. Insurance isn't necessarily the answer to every problem, but it's rather the the thought process of if something goes wrong, how do I solve this? You know, if you're financially independent with no kids at home and you don't have any debt and life is good, do you need a whole bunch of life insurance if you're if you die? Probably not. If you're 35, you've got three kids, you're the sole income earner in the house and not a lot of savings, do you need some? Yeah, a whole bunch. Because you're thinking about like how would this, you know, what would this look like if something bad were to happen? Same thing with cars or whatever. And when you get into the nitty gritty of it, you can figure out what's the amount of risk that I want to take associated with this risk. And you can optimize it so that, you know, those premium costs are lower, which can help with your cash flow. But you can't do that unless you do these other things too, like pay off your debt, which helps you get a better credit score, which helps your insurance rates be better, have a cash reserve so you can take a higher deductible. So it kind of all sequentially makes sense. I feel like those first six we talked about, build career capital, master your budget, hold on to cash, pay off high interest debt, master your expenses, and hold the right insurances are kind of the ones you live by. We're going to do the second half next, which are the ones that you'll grow by. Now that you got the foundation, we're going to grow. But before we get to that, at the halfway point of every show on Fridays, we have our Friday trivia contest. And Mr. Penzo, you haven't been here for a couple weeks, man, so you've missed the latest. I know. Do you want the good news or the bad news? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think I already know what the bad news is. So since you're asking me, uh, sure, I'll have – what's what's the bad news? The bad news is you're guessing first because you are still in first place, my friend. What? Yes, you have two. OG has oh. one. And Paulette uh, has one as well. And this week, it is uh, Len's birthday, but I'm reading Doug's notes here. I think, um, yeah, uh, Doug, let's do this. 
Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today is the day after Joe's birthday. Luckily, he found a way to make it through without poisoning himself this year. Nice job, buddy. While Joe has been saying that he's 39 years old for the last few weeks, his birth certificate says that he was born in 1968, making him the same age as the Intel Corporation and the Redwood National Forest maybe all the trees in it. We talk a lot about the compounding interest on this show, so let's talk about how Joe's money would have compounded had he begun investing in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The average now flirts with 34,000. What was the opening number for the famous index in 1968? I'll be back with the answer right after I go help Joe find his dentures. Probably don't need that help yet. Luckily, I just went to the dentist. I was wondering why his teeth look so good. <laughs> Had a clean, <laughs> clean, clean bill of health. Uh, Mr. Penzo, it's your birthday, which means you get to go first. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not why you get to go first, but it's the birthday boy. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. What do you think? 1968. If you're born in 68, Joe, you're the same year as the honeybee, and that's she's the year of the monkey. So you're, you're the, year the, of the monkey. monkey. <laughs> there you're we a go. monkey. Clown. There we go. Hey, easy. I'm right here. Okay, let's see. Uh, what was it in 68? January 2nd. Uh, I'm thinking like two. That's a good one. I think it's ridiculously, you know, I hate to talk this out because I'm going to help OG and I'm going to help Paulette with my speaking. But I, I think didn't after, oh, I don't know. I'm going to say... Let's see. Would it be a thousand? It's got to be close to a thousand. Boy, sixty-eight. Gosh, was that right before the run-up of the Nifty? Uh, you know what? It's got to be in the, that neighborhood. One thousand. One thousand. One thousand for Mister Penzo. OG. Shouldn't I go last? You go second because you're last year's winner. Yes. He's just making up rules. <laughs> See how he for conveniently forgets that when it when he doesn't suit him? The vindictiveness in Lens, yes. But I lost last impressive. week, so therefore Screw you, one buddy. would assume that I would be the last. Ah, nineteen sixty eight. So um I was born after Joe, way way after Joe. Again, and, right here. Um, Again. Because I use this story right a lot. Here. I know about where the Dow was when I was born. But... It wasn't a school project for your kids? No. This was more like okay. a, thanks, Mom, for not investing ten grand in the Dow when I was born. <laughs> <Okay>. that was, <laughs> That's going to be chapter one of OG's tell-all book. Yeah, it is. Where was the hundred grand, Ma? I'd have 20 million right now. Thanks a lot. He's probably busy with the exorcism. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not wrong. Not wrong. So good. So uh, I like your thinking, Len. I, I think it went down in the 70s. 68 was kind of like the end of a pretty good bull market, post-war bull market-ish. And I like the thousand guess. Making it difficult for Paulette, I need to pick something that's a little different. I'm going to say... 819. 819. He goes on the low side. Paulette, what are you thinking? And what was Len's answer? 1,000. Ooh, oh my God. All right, I'll do 1,001. 
She goes 1,001 and takes the top. Led, welcome back. Doesn't feel good having two weeks off? Oh, Paulette. Yeah, feels great. That's all. <laughs> hey, I can't complain. Hey, by the way, who, who should I send flowers to for getting my uh, getting that one question right on my behalf? I think it was, was it uh, Doc G? Oh, was it Doc G? Okay. I don't remember. I'll so send him that I don't, that I don't, I don't right. remember. Uh, you know what? We can find that out. We'll be right back. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money, And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, we're able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now... Because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. All right. We did not find that out. We should have found that out. (laughs) We wasted the entire break. Not finding that out, but let's let's start this off, uh, Len. Your guess: What was the Dow Jones Industrial Average at January second when it opened, nineteen sixty eight? You said a thousand. You feeling pretty good now? Yeah, Paulette kind of crimped my style a little bit there, but yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I got a good chance, I think. Let's see, and OG, you've got eight sixteen, eight nineteen, eight nineteen. Feeling good? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the least bit. <laughs> so then I guess he's saying Paulette, he thinks it might be higher that you might have this yeah, one. I think it's close. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, only one guy's got the answer. Doug? 
Hey there, stackers. I'm Dow Jones historian and stock market pundit, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. The Dow Jones Industrial, that's hard to say, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is an index comprised of 30 famous companies, including American Express, Boeing, Home Depot, and Disney. While often used as a bellwether indicator of the economy, most investors will find a more accurate view using the S&P 500 or the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index. But today, we're going with the granddaddy, the Dow. It's trading around 34,000 today, but where did it open in 1968, the year one guy on this show was born? Well, I'll tell you this. One of our players is just 95 points away from the answer. Another one of our players today is just 94 points away from the answer, but we had one shining star of a member of our roundtable today who was just 87 points off. Wow. Who would that be? Well, the answer is 906, and that makes OG our winner. Wow. Everybody was right in the ballpark. I'm impressed. Congratulations, OG. Wow. Doc G wasn't here. Len did a nice job of anchoring, I think, the uh, the action. Mm -hmm. 906. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. $1,000 that day be what? $34,000. Every $1,000, 34 grand. So that's a 34, 35 bagger in uh, how many years is that? That's a lot of years. It's not how There's more to that math. That doesn't work. What's that? I think there's a little more to that math. (laughs) That's, that's, no. (laughs) So if you bought it for 900 and something. Right. And then the price is 30. Okay, fine. Reinvested dividends. (laughs) Compounding. (laughs) Yes. It compounds though. It's not just a straight line arithmetic. So if I have a stock that's at $900 and then it's trading at $34,000. You still make it is, it is there. The only thing that, yeah, the only thing that's going to change there then is if I add in dividends. I mean, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, dividends. Okay, compound. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Well, now that we settled that. Congratulations, OG. Everybody's <laughs> way right. To go, way to go. Yay. On to the second half of the show, which is brought to you by Magnify Money. Paulette, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash Magnify Money. You find out what the answer to the trivia is because you're cheating. <laughs> no. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was continues. a setup. And there it goes. Uh, you actually find <laughs> out that, that those I earned that those one. brick and mortar those brick and mortar banks that uh, you shop at might not be best in class. Actually, often or not, go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money and you'll see CD rates, savings account rates, checking account rates. All the online banks competing against each other, and you can ditch, switch, and save. StackyBenjamins.com slash money. All right, we're back on these. And as I mentioned, the second half of this discussion is going to be uh, the ones we grow by. So let's now, now that we've got our foundation, let's grow some money. Paula, let's start with you. Ramp up your savings rate. You've been doing that, haven't you? No? <laughs> and pass. No, it's been a struggle. I've been on the struggle bus. Well, you know what? I've been investing a lot. This was a really important lesson from an accounting class I took. And they said, not all assets are on the balance sheet. And I've been paying for a you know piece of software to be developed. And so that's where I've been checking my money. But it's that's very high risk. So I still have my little $100 you know, weekly deposit. And that's pretty much uh, what else I do. But yeah, it's like I'm in, I'm in like entrepreneur mode. Oh, gee, is there a way that you've told people if they're not doing the entrepreneur thing like Paulette, but they're just trying to get that savings rate up, any good uh, tips for people starting out? 
Well, the easiest one is to automatically increase your savings every time you get some sort of pay raise. The second easiest one is to just automatically do it through uh, an employer plan. So a lot of times employer plans these days will have automatic increases that happen uh, or that you can schedule. You say, well, I want to increase this at, you know, 0.5% every six months or every year, you know, until it reaches X percent. So even if you are not able to save the maximum into your workplace plans or save as much as you want to or invest as much as you want to now, you can set something up now with a small increase. The interesting thing is, is that most people don't notice the small increases like we were talking about earlier around, you know, the utility bills that we all had. So it's kind of an easy way to trick yourself into saving a little bit more. That's funny. Using it in your favor instead of what we talked about earlier with the utilities, like you just mentioned, like now trick yourself the same way. Oh, I didn't even know that I've doubled my savings over the past year because I've raised it a little bit at a time. I want to take these next two together because he's got as step eight, manage your tax advantaged accounts. And then step nine is build your taxable accounts, the money that's flexible that you can get at, maybe a regular brokerage account. Let I want to ask you about those two. You like, do you like the way he's got those? Start off with your 401k maybe at work, your long-term investment, your Roth IRA, and then start building the flexible money. Of course, this is after you've already got cash in the bank, right? We covered cash. Do you like that as one, two, tax advantage first, not tax advantage second? Yeah. The, well, the thing is, you got to ask yourself the question, Am I gonna, do I expect to be in a higher tax bracket when I retire or now? And that's going to determine whether you use like a Roth IRA or you put more money into your 401k or a, a traditional IRA. So if you think you're going to be in a lower tax bracket when you're retired, then you want to get your tax advantage money now. You don't want to be taxed now. You want to be taxed later. And so therefore, you would put that money more into a 401k or a traditional IRA. If you think you're going to be in a higher tax bracket when you retire, and you might say, well, well, that's crazy. I I wouldn't do that. I'd be retired. If you want to spend a lot of money, you're going to be pulling money out of your accounts in retirement. You just very well might be in a higher tax bracket. And so therefore, you'd want to put your money in the Roth IRA and take the taxes out now. So that's one thing. Another thing you might want to do too, and I'm glad I did this. I didn't think about it until after I became retired, how important it was. But it's okay to have some later on after you've maxed out your 401k or your other, your IRAs, have a non-qualified account because that way you will be taxed uh, at the lower capital gains rate uh, as long as you're holding your investments longer. For example, you're pulling money out, you're taxed at, at the income rate as it's taxed as taxable income. Whereas uh, like your non-qualified accounts, if you hold those stocks for a year, you're taxed at the capital gains rate, which is much lower. It's like a 15, I think it's 15% right now. I mean, that that's kind of nice to have a non-qualified account that you can also pull from in retirement. Yeah, whenever you want, not having to worry about the taxes. Yeah, Paulette. Can you define non-qualified? It's like it's not a 401k. It's not your Roth. It's not a a traditional IRA. It's just just a bunch of stocks that you're buying on your own with your own income in a Schwab account. From that guy in the corner. I've been investing a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, He's definitely not qualified. It's not attached to an IRA or a 401k. He's not qualified. (laughs) The... 
Yeah, it is an account, and, and I hate these names, but um, a non-qualified account is an account that has no strings attached. You can get the money whenever you want. Yes. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's another nice I thing, I am not too. qualified to have one of those accounts because I will just <laughs> spend the money. Well, do you like, then, yours being a qualified account, like a Roth or a traditional or a simple, maybe for you, or a solo 401k, Paulette, because of the fact that there's those restrictions? Like, it makes sure that it stays safe? Yeah, I think that's... It's just enough of a baby gate on my account to make it where, like, if I'm tempted to be like, oh, I should pull some money out of that. It's like, do I really want to give up 10%? Yeah. Like, no. I it's, know it's stupid. So that's. No, I like that because it is so much about the behavior, right? It's so much about the behavior. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, you like these two in this order? Uh, tax advantage first, sock it to it there, and then build your taxable? Yeah. I mean, again, just kind of back to like thinking about ways to fool yourself into saving money until, you know, you, you've kind of built that muscle. I mean, this is so much like the difference between exercising and not exercising. It's like at the very beginning of any sort of exercise program or anything that you're trying to do better, eat better or something like that, it totally sucks. Like there is nothing that's fun about you know, running. I don't care what anybody says. Joe did it every single day for however long. Like, oh, I got to go get my mile. And like, th- that was just a person. No, I mean, I mean, you didn't, I I doubt that you actually enjoyed it at the very beginning. It wasn't like, oh, I really get to do this. Later on, as you built that muscle of doing it, as it got later into the day, you're like, I'm missing something. What am I missing? Oh, I haven't done my thing yet. You know, and you started to appreciate it. You know, it's the same thing with eating well or not drinking as much or something like that, right? You're just like, this sucks. I like drinking a whole bunch. And then after a while, you're like, now I I can't do it as much. You know, I don't have that. It's it's more natural for me to exercise and eat well than it is to the other thing. And the same thing is true with money. You have to turn it into something that's more natural than the other thing. Tony Robbins talks about making sure that the pain and pleasure thing, you know, people do more to avoid pain. Paulette, that's what you're talking about, right? Like put the barriers in your way. Yeah, like the loss aversion. Yeah, yeah. like I, I don't want to just unnecessarily give the government 10% of my money because I'm too impetuous to to wait five minutes, you know? And so that's just mm-hmm. enough for you. That was not enough for me. <laughs> like I've done it. I'm like, ah, 10%. What's oh, 10% among yeah. friends? Well, then I'm like, I'll just put it on my credit card. That's so much better. Yeah, and then when the tax bill comes, then I'll just charge the tax bill. <laughs> Joke's on them. I don't even need to withhold any for taxes give this money right to now. Bank of America instead. Yeah. Who's worse? Yeah. Jeez, I'll, I'll share 23% with American Express instead. Yeah. 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 You know, you got to keep the economy going. So, yes, I think you work on the qualified side, you know, the tax-deferred side or whatever you want to call it. I, I'm partial to the Roth. Kind of fall down on the same side as Ed Slot on this, which is to say... There is no time like the present to get rid of your tax liability. Just pay the taxes and never have to worry about taxes again. Asterisk, subject to the changes and moods of the Congress, you know, 20 years. That's that's the big wild card. Yeah. Well, it is. All the fine print. Yeah. I want to pause only briefly on number 10 because I want to spend a lot of time on 11 and 12. But on number 10, I like that diversify your income, diversify your investments, excuse me is number 10 because of the fact that when people start off, I feel like they spend way too much time on diversification. And I feel like diversification doesn't matter nearly as much as just getting invested. And I think Nick Majuli, who is on the show, expressed this best, which is when you find the fluctuation on your statement is bigger than the amount you're putting in, that's when you really need to start focusing on 
on diversifying your investments. Until then, spend a lot more time and energy elsewhere. And I think that also kind of lowers the temperature. But I want to I want to deal with number 11 here. Buy back time. He writes, many assume that financial independence is a black or white proposition. You can't have freedom until you reach your ultimate number, 25x your annual expenses. Oh, I just puked because that's a rule of thumb. That was horrible. Sorry. My bad. However, I don't Doug, see it that way. Joe, Joe threw up a little bit in his mouth. I told it, not even, not even, oh, bad. As you move through these steps and you acquire more assets under your name, you can start buying back your time little by little with each step. Len, I feel like this is true, that initially, if you're building career capital, you're using traditional investments, that's fine. Later on now, you're thinking about ways now to make money where you're not trading your hours anymore. I mean, really, I feel like that's kind of the stage of life where you're at, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm running out of hours, and uh, hours <laughs> become your last birthday. much. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. You know, it, time as you get older, time becomes more value. You really see that time is more valuable than money. You can't get time back, and uh, that is very important. So, yes, I think um, you know the more you can save up front, faster as fast as you can, the more options you have. It's like you know, it's I guess that's the rule of thumb with anything about money is. You know, money gives you options. The more you have, the more options you have. And so, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, if you can save as much as you can, as fast as you can, you have a lot more options later on. Paula, you've been focused on this a lot lately with your business, buying back your time. Yeah, it's been going great. And I am, uh, I am taking a 10-day trip, so I'm very excited about that. But, you know, I mean, yeah, it is thinking about in the future. And it will be interesting to see. I was actually thinking about like, while I'm gone, how much money will the business earn without me there? Yeah. And yeah. that's such a important number because if it's just me, then that's, that's not a sellable business and that's not a business that's like buying me time. And you really hope that it goes up when you're gone, but you kind of don't hope that it goes up when you're gone. Right? <laughs> no, I a hundred percent hope it goes always up when I'm always gone. Always up. A hundred percent of the time. Because then you're the problem. (laughs) I think that's good. I think that's actually the uh aha. I don't need to be here. When? (laughs) You know, what's funny, Doug, is I know that you're joking, but the first thing I learned when I went to strategic coach is that you are the problem as the entrepreneur. Yeah, always. Were they talking to you specifically, Joe? Yes, they were. They took him out of class. They took him out of class into the hallway and said, Joe, come can I just please listen, have, you sir are the I don't know how you got in here but we can we let's save you a lot of time I think I walked right into that one I, I totally <laughs> walked into that how one. do you feel about a new rule being named after you but they do say that the two hands that got you this far are not the two hands that are going to get you to the next level and it's totally true like you got to build a team you got to build other people and get out of their way Joe before we jump into number 12 you know there's only one phrase in the basement that's uttered more often than for God's sake, OG, put your shoes back on. And that's begin with the end in mind. So what I'm struggling with in this whole list is it's written as though it's like step-by-step, do this first, do this second, do this third. And at the very end, we start talking about what's the end goal that you're trying to get to. Isn't this almost counter to what we preach I'm well, you, Benjamin. You totally beat me to it, Doug, because number 12 on this list is define your ideal lifestyle. I know, because I can read. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> why the hell? No, no. Well, other people haven't seen it, Doug. I'm just, just agreeing with you. But you're right. Why the hell is this number 12? Why yeah. isn't that number one? Why wouldn't we start with this one? 
I don't know. Anybody that surprised anybody else besides Doug and I? That's what I said at the beginning. I was like, I don't want to give it away. This was the one you had the most problem with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. But the, but the issue is, I, is I, that... I didn't, sorry, Len. I was going to say the issue is, is that that ideal lifestyle will change over time. Like the things that are important to you when you're like 20, when you're 25 or whatever, like as you think about, oh, one day I hope I can do this, or wouldn't it be great if I could buy a house, you know, and or or start a family, like whatever, whatever is the thing, like will change. And so at some level, it's kind of a, you know, might be kind of a circular type of argument here that it's always kind of changing because what I thought about 20 years ago is a lot different than what I think about now in terms of an ideal lifestyle. But it's going to change again for you, OG, in five or 10 years yeah. when you finally get a gray hair. And uh, it, and that doesn't mean that you don't have set a target now because no, you might change 10 years from now. No, that's what I mean. It's like, it's okay being at the end because it's also at the beginning. It's a Mobius loop. It's like one what? of those weird bracelets. What? You're making my head hurt. <laughs> Len, get us out of this. What, what were you going to say, Len? Well, I, I, was just, I didn't look at it. I didn't know this was supposed to be specifically in order. But yeah, I, I think the problem with the lifestyle, I think you, as you've all mentioned, is you know there's a time component in here and things change. Life is long. And I think that's why a lot of people in the fire and um, send your letters to, to Joe at because <laughs> it's Len's birthday, I, I, so flame yeah. on me. So, so, but I think a lot of people in the fire movement they make this mistake. It's like, well, I got to get to twenty-five times my spending, and I'm thirty-five years old, and hooray, I've got to that point. And therefore, so much changes. Take it from the old guy here. Between say thirty-five or forty, and fifty, sixty, and sixty-five, I mean, you just can't base with any reliability. The number that you reach, this magic number, 25 times your income, I guarantee you it's not enough. It's not going to be enough for you. It's just you can't – you cannot foresee what goes on, what's coming for you in the road of life. It's just – it's crazy to even do that. So it's nice to it's nice to set your lifestyle where you want to be, but it's not going to be reliable. The further you are away from your golden years, the, the much more uh, fuzzy – your estimates are going to be and very gross. Um, Absolutely. But I do think that if you don't have those estimates all the time or this, I, this shining place of where you're headed, that you will, you'll, you'll uh, derail yourself. Yeah. You should go back. I'd say go back annually and reevaluate what your goals are. Constant. It's a constantly moving target. OG cried the day that sweet rims were no longer on the list. Like that was, <laughs> was just a horrible day. Because he attained them. Because <laughs> I, I, I already had them. That's right. Bam. As soon as they took white walls and flipped them around, flip, flipped them around the other way. He's in the three movement. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for today. I think it's a good place to leave this conversation. OG, this uh, big uh, holiday weekend for Len and I. We have our own personal holidays this weekend. I see that. Since our birthdays fell on a weekday. We got a party all weekend, right, dude? Uh, what do you got going on, OG, besides uh, celebrating our birthdays? I've, I've been trying to think about this, but it turns out I want to do something. I, I, my, my daughter's busy every day this weekend. My son has a track meet today, and then he's free. My oldest is free the rest of the weekend. My middle kid's free the rest of the weekend. And I thought, this will be perfect. I'm going to grab the kids. We're going to go do something fun. Mom can stay with Caroline. It turns out the rest of the country also has this weekend off. So... The, all of the, everything that you'd want to do for fun is already booked up. So I don't know what we're going to do. I'm a last minute. And OG's planner. like, 
Plus, I just found out my kids are underage, which is annoying. <laughs> well, they don't have passports, so that eliminated a whole bunch of ideas that oh, I had. So yeah. it was like, well, there goes that. But even like a trip to, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's just go to Disney real quick. No, don't go to Disney oh. this weekend. <laughs> it's a holiday weekend. Don't go. And the marathon's next week. So like everybody and their brother is just, you know, I don't know. No, we'll, we'll think of something. We'll go. Staycation. Come Sweet. to Texarkana. Hang out. The rest of us are thinking like petting zoos or trampoline parks. OG's like, what about Disney or I don't know, Paris? <laughs> <laughs> They're all booked. There's a restaurant I want to go to. In yeah. Paris. Yeah. My kids are they're teenagers. It's a petting zoo, not for a teenager. You gotta be... step it up a little bit. Paulette Burhatch. What's going on uh with you and powerhouse writers and being the editor for the stars and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of stuff. I got into a really amazing networking group of 400 super powerful women. And I've like, I'm just totally seeing the power of networking. I've never, you know, been in a sorority or gone to any kind of prestigious school. So it's like, Oh, this, wow. Yeah. I see how this works behind the scenes. This is very nice. Um, getting ready to go down to Baja, Mexico, and then to a writer's conference called AWP, where I'm putting on a karaoke party of parody songs about being a writer. So oh boy. I'm with some other writers writing the songs and stressing about getting them on video. It's kind of a stretch event for me, but um, I think it'll be really, really fun. So it's an intense month. That's a ton going on. And if people want more from you, they can go to thatwriterpaulette.com. That writer Paulette. Com. We'll have links in the show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Mr. Penzo, happy birthday, man. You got uh, you going to burn the house down with your birthday cake tonight? Uh, well, I, we're now late. I'm going to be late to uh, getting to Benihana. I've already – the uh, the hibachi supreme is probably off the menu now. Thanks. Oh, okay. one star. Len, no, I went to Benihana in Key West because of you. I want you to know. I saw and? Benihana and I was like, it's great. It's great. Oh, okay, very good. Uh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, by did the way, did they do the choo-choo train, Paulette? Oh, they did the choo-choo. Oh, they did, did you get the, smacked in the, the face by heart. a shrimp? Did they do the beating heart with the rice? They did. Okay, that's good. Did he throw the shrimp tails in his hat? Mm-hmm. He did. All okay. I can oh, think awesome. of is the scene from uh, Alexander and the Terrible, hor- Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, where he's wearing like the pirate costume arms and his hands catch on fire. No. Oh. I don't think I saw that one. Nobody else saw no, that movie. I Just me. I missed that one. It's actually a <laughs> that's funny a children's movie. movie OG. <laughs> Aware. Thank you very much. It would on brand. I have kids. They think it's funny. I think it's funny too. It's very appropriate. The sun crashes the car. It hits home. Literally. You know. <laughs> Len, while you're partying at Benihana, missing out on the uh, big special. What's going on at LenPenzo.com? <laughs> You know what? It is, I think uh, OG hinted, it, it, it is President's Week, right? It's President's uh, Day coming up on Monday here. And so at LenPenzo.com, I went in and I found 18 fascinating personal finance facts about U.S. presidents. Some things thought- you never knew. Did you know there were presidents that went bankrupt? Did you know that? Oh. No. I mean, this is the kind of hard-hitting stuff that you don't get, uh, you know, at these other these other personal finance sites. Let me tell you. <laughs> the lesser personal finance sites. You know, Len, <laughs> it is, I got to say, I am a little disappointed because I've known you for a long time, brother. And I thought you were going to say, it's President's Day weekend. So at lempenzo.com, we have 18 ways to save money on a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? Actually, you know what? That, I should add that. If, it's going to be 19 things. It's going to be 19 <laughs> things on the. Perfect. Yes. At LenPenza.com. All right. That's going to do it for today, everybody. Find links to all things uh, Len, Paulette, everything on our show notes page at StackyBenjamins.com. Doug, I think you're going to wrap up the week for us, man. What should we have learned today? I'll tell you what we should have learned today, Joe. First, take some advice from our panelists. Build a solid foundation and you'll be on your way to riches much faster than trying to find shortcuts. Just do the work. Second, huge benefits can be had just by tracking and measuring your expenses regardless of what they are. After all, you can't manage what you don't measure. But the big lesson, these 12 steps are much easier. I didn't even have to call anyone and apologize for the reason they had to repaint their front porch. It's awesome. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash birthday boy. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. Now I'll bet you wrote something this week that you needed to sparkle. If that job is coming up, our own Paulette Perhatch will help you go from horrible writer to the wizard of words. Head to yourpersonaleditor.com for details. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023. It is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. And once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as charming as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these meatloafs, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. I swear those get longer every time I read them. I think the uh, bane of my existence might be uh, having to spend tons of time on social media. And then you find you're like, where did my last seven hours go? Because I'm looking at TikTok videos of which none are good. 
but the piece that I like is when we're doing um, research and you come across this weird stuff. And I don't even remember how I got here, but this is a piece uh, that's at MSN. A Reddit question about weird food combos gets over 17,000 comments. And here are the 50 strangest. And I was thinking that we all, maybe you've got, you've got some weird uh, food thing going on. Len, you were talking about your son earlier that, uh, that he may have some weird food combos. My son does tons of weird food combos, and I'm drawing a blank at most of them. The one that sticks out to me, though, is that he does a lot. He does macaroni and cheese, but he can't have macaroni and cheese unless he tops it. He pours applesauce over the top of it. Applesauce? So I, yes, he pours it right over the top. I've seen ketchup. Okay, yeah. So okay. he's got to have his his thing. You know, I know um, the honeybee. She likes grilled cheese with uh, salsa verde. She can't. She can't have grilled cheese without salsa verde. Oh, and, uh, you know what's funny? I can imagine that. That's probably that okay. That would taste good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It actually That'd does taste good. good. It does yeah. taste good. Dang, I need that. My daughter does, I, I think lots of people do this, but she, she does pizza with ranch dressing. That's you know, people good. Do, okay, so I've never, that's yeah. the weirdest thing yes. to me. I, I, that seems sacrilege oh, to me to dip pizza. Pizza and ranch dressing is phenomenal. But but for me, it's only the crust. You don't want to be like exposed to it. As soon as you know, you're like, ooh, now I regret knowing how to <laughs> is, that is that a millennial thing? Because I, I mean, that just, I, I, or a Gen Z thing. I, Cheryl I guess. and I do that. Cheryl and I do that. Really? Man. Yeah, but I always save it. I got to say, I save it for the crust. Like I could do the whole thing, but the rest of the pizza tastes pretty good on its own. Then I get to the crust, I take a bunch of ranch dressing, and it becomes like a breadstick at the end of your yeah. meal. It's fantastic. That makes more well, sense to me. That. But uh, Paulette, you got all worked up and excited about, like, do you just dip? the whole pizza, regardless of what the toppings are, into ranch? Not necessarily. I mean, sometimes I I try not to do that habit because it's like, my God. Papa John's gives it to you. Where does it end here? Yeah, I got offered it the other day and I didn't know what to, like, what, why, why are you offering me that? Yeah, dip it in there. Well, it depends. I mean, it would be gross with like olives and, you know, pepperoncinis. That would be gross, but like pineapple. Look at how – listen to her voice. <laughs> let, let me give you another uh, – a pizza one is – start with your melty cheese yeah, pizza. Yeah, this is – all of a sudden, it's like a 1-900 number. <laughs> I don't know if you've had it elsewhere. Have you ever had pastrami pizza? A pastrami <laughs> pizza? No. A pastrami pizza? What it is is it's the cheese, and then instead of tomato sauce, it's mustard. and the, And the topping's pastrami. I'm so, no, I, I think it's disgusting. I'm not, it's but, just hard to like start and be like, this is pizza, but mustard. Like, because then yeah, your brain disgu- is combining. But it's very popular. I got to say, I'm not here. down at all with the foo-foo pizza thing. Like, you know, when, when I go to like one of these real, like, you know, expressive chefs doing weird ass stuff on pizza, I'm like, what, what, who's, who's that comedian, Doug? I want pizza flavor pizza. Like, I just, I want, I want yeah. you know, give me some pepperoni, little Italian sausage, maybe onions, mushrooms. Give me the basics. They got some down here. A sharp cheddar melted over the top of a slice of warm apple pie. That's, that's kind of common. Salt yeah, and vinegar chips with sauerkraut. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah let's gross. make that situation worse. I have seen this one before. Honey on fried chicken. Somebody said they yes, learned it from their dad. I do that. Oh, oh, hell yes. I do that. So good. I've never yes. had it, but I would try that in a heartbeat. Well, you've never been broken up with. I do that. And waffles. Yes. I had a great hangover meal in New York at Mom's, and it was chicken and waffles with honey. Holy hell, it was mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Yummy. I had that. Mom's uh, in New York. Oh, gee, when we were in, um, we were in Portland. Had a big uh, hungover chicken and waffles breakfast. So, gee, you got one. You got a you got a weird uh, like langoustine with like some Paramount caviar. It's pretty, you know, different. 
paired, paired with a 1993 Moet. Pairs, pairs with your everyman God, approach who would to do food. That? 93? I know. It's like it's kind of a weird <laughs> app, you know? Duh. But some, some people do it, I guess. I don't know. Philistines. So awkward when you got the 93 paired there and everybody knows it's a 95. I know. You should have had. I know. Well, that was that's the secret. It's just kind of a weird thing. Paulette, yours? Um, my recent, my latest one is a lack of combo. <laughs> it's like when I'm just like stressed out, I'll just go microwave a pita and just eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> this is like this. Just this a warm, warm piece of bread. Yeah. It's a warm yeah. piece of bread. It's delicious. Yeah. You know what? It's sustained oh, civilizations God. for centuries, yeah. but it's pretty I'm wacky. A simple girl. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have the expressive chef making an amazing pizza, and I'll I'll freaking microwave a pizza and just stuff it in my face. I'll do it. I love Don't how dare me. Calls. I love how we just got the caviar combo and then the piece of bread. Like <laughs> just both, <laughs> both ends of the spectrum. Doug, finish this thing off. You got one. Yeah, you know, I don't really. I eat a lot of food. I so quantity is kind of my you're weirdness. Really, you're really good at it. I'm really good at eating a lot of food, so I don't. And I'm not a, I don't know, I just don't really go for a lot of weird combos. But I will say this, you talked about Portland. We have a new member of the basement who is an old friend of mine. And this guy goes out of his way to eat the weirdest you can possibly find in any menu. He'll drive like three states away to find the strangest food you can imagine. He's an old roommate of mine, and I'll never forget when I watched him. But like, just, he wasn't like, hey, watch this. Look what I'm going to do. I'm just walking past the, the, the table one day for near breakfast time, and he's pouring hot sauce, like Red's hot sauce, on his cereal. Oh, like, let's see what, what happens. It might explode. I don't know. Like this is this guy just does everything he can to eat weird food. So I'm, you know, if he's listening and he knows what this part of the show is, he'll know who I'm referring to. But he's a member of our mm-hmm. basement. And By the way, I would not go to a restaurant with him. The ways people cope when they have to be Doug's roommate. <laughs> <laughs> well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is. Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.